Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the number one podcast for video game development and the lifestyle of game developers. No matter where you're listening, we're thankful that you're here sharing this one hour's worth of podcasting with us. I'm Larry Charles, one half of the co-hosting team that brings you this awesomely sounding good podcast. And since I said team, I do have teammates. He is the starting podcast team. This is Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast episode. Please welcome our special guest this week, Eugene Maliv. What's up, Eugene? Hi. Thanks for joining us this week, man. So this is part of the podcast where we ask our guests, such as yourself, to introduce yourself to our listeners out there to give them an idea of who you are, where you're at, and uh, where you guys are heading. Uh, well, in a few words, uh, in a few words, uh, uh, I'm more business business development and marketing guy. Uh, right okay. now, we uh, behind the, uh, the publishing and uh, investment unit of uh, Super.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is an investment company uh focused on uh helping uh talented uh game developers to grow their business from scratch mm-hmm. and to publish their games so we're giving the money to the game, game developers uh i have 20 years of experience uh in in game industry in different nice. companies different projects online offline mobile etc and so, walking us through some of that 20 years, like in like a 30 second summary, I guess, if you could. Um, sorry, could I repeat, please? Because they're oh, sure, sure. something in the line. Uh, the your experience you said you had 20 years of experience. Can you maybe walk us through some of that, like where you started and where you moved up? Before oh, yeah. You got to see. Uh, well, I started, I started to work as a journalist on uh, uh, Russian resource uh, DTF uh, dailytelefrag.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a few years, uh, we also have started the first Russian game developers conference, uh, mm-hmm. and the biggest uh, right now it's the biggest uh, game show, Igromir, in Russia. Mm-hmm. Last year they have yes. one hundred seventy thousand uh, people attending. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's quite huge. It's got to um, feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the few few knows about this actually because it's in Russia. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that, that uh, might be one that, that I don't get to see. Yeah, uh, come on, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in November. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's still pretty warm. <laughs> uh, after this, I've uh, been a uh, producer and then a marketing and mm-hmm. sales director in uh, Nylon Interactive, the company behind the Blitzkrieg, yeah. Sandstorm, and Heroes of Might Magic 5 for Ubisoft. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was a guy who put the Heroes of Might Magic 5 on the Russian market uh, as a marketing. Uh, after this, I was uh, in Astrum. Uh, uh, we've been the first biggest online game publishing company in Russia. Then the mm-hmm. company was bought by Mail.ru, which you probably know. Uh, by, I've worked with yeah. Mail. Yeah, yeah, I've worked with the mail as well. Yeah, <laughs> so for, for the almost a year, I was a marketing director there because uh, they were acquired mm-hmm. Astrum Online with us. Mm-hmm. So I was behind Perfect World, Lord of the Ring Online, launches, Crossfire, Elods Online, etc., etc. A lot of them actually yeah. more than more than fifty online games. Man. 
Mm, so, like you weren't kidding. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> yeah, the same. Then I, yeah. <laughs> like, do, do you mind kind of walking us through what Super.com is and how long it's been around? And has it always been its goal to finance independent developers and projects? Well, uh, the beginning story, there was uh, a company called GameNets which was an uh, online game publishing uh, company in Russia. They've been on the market for 12 years, uh, and the founder of this company uh, has put uh, a large portion of uh, his own pocket money to a new venture, the fund super.com. Uh, plus, we've acquired some uh, new guys, not from the gaming industry, and the, the, the past and uh, the former um, uh, people, for former employers of the uh, uh, game net plus new guys like me, uh, now managing the super.com uh, as investments and the publishing, publishing businesses. Uh, we're trying to build something uh, something similar to gathering of developers, if you remember this. Uh, so the the huge problem in the markets and that the new uh, game creator creator cannot get cheap money. He could mm -hmm. go to the publisher. Uh, the publisher will take the Western market from thirty to fifty percent uh, cut uh, from from fifty to seventy, uh, just for giving them like up to 1 million to build a game. Mm. That's kind of weird and doesn't help developer to grow. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> because, because we developer by ourselves, uh, we understand this market better. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, in comparison to other investors and publisher, we could take more risks. So we yeah, no. dig deeply in the teams and then the game understand uh, uh, will it be uh, potential popular? Uh, could this team succeed or not? And uh, Super now uh, investing in uh, in different games, starting with mm -hmm. checks of 300 up to 5 or 6 million. Dang. Well, let me know when you guys start investing in podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not yet. <laughs> but I will. You gotta get that voice out, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you said, like, um, you're, one of your missions is giving, like, the independent developer a fair shake, a chance to grow. Um, mm -hmm. The traditional publishing side is from 30 to 70%. Of, yeah. uh, of ownership yeah, of the company is that has always uh has that always been the case before let's it's say how many ownership. years now it's not ownership it's like of the company share, right? it's share from the yeah right. uh, from the net revenue they extract and everything uh also so the developer could take around 15 percent from uh from the gross mm. for example yeah. if you will buy the game for 100 bucks so the right. developer in best possible way, and developer will get 15 if, if they will go through publisher and it will be funded by publisher. Right. Mm -hmm. And how yeah. much um, yeah. how much control does the traditional publisher have over the development of the game? Are they pretty um, over the shoulder, or are they kind of hands off until the end of the development time? Like how 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 much control do they usually step in and? If you're asking about uh, traditional publisher, well, it's tricky, uh, tricky mm -hmm. question because uh, in, uh, from the blank page, uh, they could say that uh, they do not control it in anything. Uh, in most, in most cases, uh, they will also grab the whole IP. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but in in the in development process, um, they say they would not control, but uh, the the funding goes uh, by milestones, and mm -hmm. if, the in, if the publishing producer will not accept the milestone, the developer wouldn't get the next payment. So yeah. on this level, the publisher controls everything. Yeah, it's, it's just leverage. 
yeah, it's just a financial leverage. We do the, we yeah. do the different way. Uh, we uh, we want uh, the developers' equity from the very beginning because we're a venture company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could take a small portion of equity. Uh, we could, uh, if we go uh, with a full sale, we could take a large portion of equity. It's different from the project to project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we become a partner of this studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want some... Uh, we, we have some leverages uh, not to let the uh, studio makers to do some fraudulent things mm. like <laughs> closing the company, transfer the IPs, changing the directors, etc. Cetera, et cetera. We're not yeah. taking over the creative and operation control. So we continue funding. We have access uh, on the in, uh, financial uh, reports. We see how spending goes, where it goes. Uh, so on this level, we are controlling the company as well, but as a partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds better, though, because when their approach is using leverage or to 20% of recoup, 20% of the gross, right? So I'm assuming inside of the gross, yeah. the recoup is also included in that, or are people saying we get our money back first? And then we're going to recoup a 70-30 split on profit after we've gotten the money for the game back. Because if that's how traditionals sign deals like that, that's extortion, in in my opinion. It's like, you will go out of business if you don't take our money. Since you're taking our money, after we're only going to give you 30%. I would never sign this. this, I mean... Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's kind of standard way to give in money. Uh, if you will go to the bank, Jesus. bank will uh, bank will lend uh, money on the same uh, terms. So the, uh, the investors are making the uh, uh, investments on the, t- the same terms. So they want the investment to yeah. get back, then they uh, will uh, split the revenue. But uh, in comparison okay. with a publisher, with traditional publisher, it's not that much uh, revenue split. So you have a possibility to run a business after this. And uh, if you go through investors, investors, uh, uh, usually they uh, they need that your company uh, to grow further. So if a traditional publisher actually doesn't care if you set up the second project uh, before their first project. Um, uh, start- Sorry. I, <laughs> uh, so if traditional publisher uh, usually doesn't care uh, when your company uh, have an going release of their first game, uh, and if you didn't set up the second one, uh, they don't care about this. Because uh, in case if you didn't, uh, you will be in less uh, in, in less good position uh, when you okay. come for another portion of money for the second game. For investors, uh, usually needs to be uh, the, the second project needs to be set up uh, before the first project start commercializing, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's more sustainable business. It mm-hmm. looks like uh, that you know yeah. what you're doing, so you're not planning to release just one game. You plan to uh, to do a repeatable success. <clears throat> so that kind of studios we're looking for. Uh, so is this that, part of the beginning of the first game pitch as you're you're kind of talking about the game that your your team is working on but also you you guys are interested in the future sustainability of the company itself and then that's one of the terms that you guys look for when you're investing it's not the beginning uh, of the first game pitch so in the first game pitch we're looking on the game itself right but when we uh, when it comes to my studio gets and investments we talk to studio owners of how they see their business uh, in a time being right uh, and if they doesn't understand that uh, they need to set up uh, the second production before the first production will end everybody understand that they will need to cut the the workforce. Mm-hmm. Because when the first game will be more finished, they will not need like 25 people inside the studio. They will need like four or five. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Or they will just uh, now let the uh, incoming revenue will be born on idols. Mm. So that's that's a case. Do you mind so kind we, of walking? Go ahead. So well, we we look in uh, on the future of the studio from the very start. I see. Mm. Traditional publishers usually usually doesn't ask this question. Yeah, they're only yeah. cash grabbing. <laughs> and no, they they focus it on the one project. Yeah, yeah. they they not uh, no, not 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 telling the studio that they possibly could invest in the second one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so they not this is all about growth. This yeah, is this is about growth. Growth. The, the yeah, venture partnership is all about growth. We need uh, the okay. studio to grow, so my, the my equity will grow in price. Uh, in yeah. case if we will bring the studio to IPO with us, uh, it will be uh, like multiplied by 10 or more, probably. So we're looking for that. Always the plan? Like you guys never tried traditional models and then said, oh no, screw that. We need to switch. Like from the start, you were like, hey, this is the way to go with these developers. Yeah, we use traditional models. We have a publishing unit. Uh, We could just publish games without any investments. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of traditional model. Uh, And some games are coming to us to like call finance uh, the developments uh, and just on the publishing um, uh, terms uh, without investment some uh, studios doesn't want to uh, <clears throat> to get into the equity so we could work differently to, to my perspective why would be the game developer I, I would go to that kind of investor rather than a to publisher because you get an investor, uh, you get uh, money, plus uh, you get an expertise because that's uh, uh, dedicated to the investor dedicated to games. The uh, team behind it uh, is all about games. You have producers, you have specialists uh, of art, game design, etc., uh, etc. Et so you know, we have a board of advisors that helps uh, the studios to see some things inside the games uh, that could be improved probably uh, and uh, after that if i would need a publisher i would go to a publisher because we're not restricting the funded companies to go to any publisher mm. not only to us but to any to anyone jesus well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm very interested in the the process. Like, let's say Larry and I have a game. Like for our listeners out there, what is the usual process to submit our idea to Super.com, and what is the usual turnaround from beginning uh, to 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 actually a, a pitch meeting or, or something? Like, what is the time frame of that? Uh, usually, based on your experience. Well, on the, on the first, um, uh, the first thing uh, there should not be only idea. We not, we, we don't do my seed in, seed investments at all. Yeah. So we got to mm-hmm. a little later stage. Uh, so it should be the whole game design concept, some art proofs, uh, the risk and game design models, and uh, there should be video or prototype that we could mm-hmm. evaluate. He goes to the website of super.com, fill the application form. Uh, within a week, uh, you'll get a um, uh, detailed response from our uh, review mm-hmm. team. They could ask yes. some additional documents. Uh, oh, yeah. They will sign an NDA with you for, for, <laughs> for sure. And we'll ask additional documents that they will need to. <coughs> And uh, if they will look at potential mm-hmm. uh, in this game, <clears throat> you will have uh, some kind of prediction that how we could work. If you agree, we taking the project uh, to the green light process to the uh, mm-hmm. investment committee. If it passes, the project is green lighted, and we sign all the mm-hmm. documents and the development restart. Uh, in some cases, in some cases, uh, there also could be uh, 
a physical visit needed. So we will send a liner producer to see the team, to meet you and to talk about that's in, in some cases it's also more the necessary step to get an approval. Mm. Um, what companies do you usually have a preference towards? I mean, there's a lot of uh, remote studios now where a lot of people are all over the place. And then there are people that, mm. you know, have all in one location. So you kind of mentioned like meeting with the team. If it's like someone's garage, <laughs> like, is there any any concern with that? Or you guys are pretty open to the idea of like, um, people being in, in separate places and and everything. Or are you guys used to that or not? Or how does that work? Well, uh, well I understand how it works in the industry right now. So uh, we also understand the concept of the core team plus uh, an outsourcing guys. So if you have the good mm-hmm. uh, procedures for working with outsourcers and you have a more effective pipeline, why not? Why don't use them? It will save ours money. We just need to look on this process to review them, to understand that, yeah, that looks like they are effective and we, we, we could move forward. It could be... Totally distributed teams as well. Mm. In some cases, uh, there are the games uh, that are not too big, mm. and so they are they are made by distributed teams from different um, uh, from different cities and different countries. Yeah, yeah, it's also possible. Right. You mentioned before, and I'm kind of curious. Um, you had teams that you guys invested for 300k up to like five six million, right? So, what are the uh, key differences uh, for you guys to look at companies? I mean, does it start with what they're asking, or do you feel based on experiences like, all right, this varied by your team size, many years in development, um, the end selling point? This is where you need to be in terms of what we usually give out. Or how does that work? How does the pricing investment work at a certain point? It's, uh, it's totally up, uh, up on the project itself. Mm-hmm. So it's a project scope. Uh, 300 is a project scope and um, production value for 300. Mm-hmm. It also could be profitable because a lot of indie games uh, <clears throat> right now <coughs> getting... Uh, Profit from the initial investments, uh, or it could be like uh, A plus, which is more like about the budget of five and six. So there will be A plus quality, mm. A plus uh, production value, A plus scope of the game. Right. That's that's only difference. Right. So we, I could say that we could invest in the same territory. For example, so for example, in Poland, we could invest uh, in a company that's we would require three hundred or we would require six. Mm. It's a, just a different company with different projects. Mm. Has there been a pattern where you felt certain teams have certain elements where you feel like? Um, you guys are more comfortable in investing in terms of genre, in terms of experience. Like, is there a certain degree of uh, this usually at the very least need to check all the boxes for the team for super.com to move forward? Or has it been all over the map in terms of uh, surprises? And, and uh, Well, we don't do more investments to VR right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we doesn't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I mean, uh, we don't see how it could generate enough money uh, mm-hmm. in exchange. Uh, we usually don't uh, look deep into the free-to-play mobile. Mm-hmm. So we could consider some projects uh, dependent on company. Mm. But we're not looking for them aggressively. We are focused on premium games, mm-hmm. uh, PC consoles, uh, plus some mobiles. Uh, we could look 
into uh, online games mm. uh, for PC and consoles as well. That market we understand, and it's still looks better than the mobile uh, in terms of uh, net revenue. Yeah. Uh, the pattern, uh, the patterns actually, uh, it's also dependent on the company and the project. When they, uh, when some company uh, making RPG, for example, mm-hmm. we will look uh, if and if this project is the first project of this company, we look for the teammates. We will look for TeamBio and. Uh, uh, we will need to understand uh, which uh, similar products uh, and, and in, in which companies they did before. So if we see that the former like uh, lead from the art unit of uh, CD Projekt Red uh, going to uh, make some new games, that's it. That, that's a not a real story. That's just an example. Right. <laughs> Goes to make some uh, uh, heavy art in sport games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably could uh, work uh, because he was a lead in a triple uh, M company. Uh, he understand the, uh, the, the all the process behind it, mm. and then, uh, after the play quality so we will believe in this uh, construction more than the the guy just from uh, the university came to the game world and said oh I, well i will i want to do the metroid prime from the scratch oh, well. Yeah. well i'd like to know i'd like to know because uh, brandon was kind of leading into this when he was asking about genre but i'm actually going to rephrase and ask a more loaded question Based on, you know, you guys seeing results and knowing what types of projects you guys have put out into the market, are there any specific types of games that you guys feel like you really want to develop more of? Maybe your portfolio is not as strong in that area, or you're like, wow, we never thought that this type of game was going to be very profitable, and we would love to have more of those, you know? Is there, like, specific genres where you're like, yeah, we're really excited about these two, and we would love to have more submissions in that genre? So this is for, on behalf of all the people listening who are, like, already ready to apply. Right. Uh, let's help weed some of them out. Yeah. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, so, hey, can you, yeah. did you hear? Did you hear me? The last part. Oh, the last sorry. part I didn't hear. Yeah, uh, I was asking: Are there specific genres that you guys specific that are looking for more so than others? Uh, so, like you're saying, wow, our portfolio no. use more fighting games, or our portfolio- no, no, okay. no. So anything, we, uh, yeah, anything. We are general agnostic. Oh man, <laughs> it's awesome. So. <laughs> It's it, it's about the market. Mm-hmm. If uh, if survival games goes up, we can mm-hmm. look for survival games. So it will definitely the last the, the uh, lot of projects. Uh, if survival games are now in the top, the lot mm-hmm. of projects we uh, we seeing right now are survival games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, okay. If uh, in this wave of most survival games projects we will look we will find uh, some like uh, cool uh, narrative story uh, with cool arts uh, we will pick it up as well okay. why not okay well, the other thing we're looking for it's uh, the uh, quality of production the focus uh, and the uh, good game design the reliability we look in uh, the company that could make uh, PC and the console version of us, but it also does not, also not necessary because we have a publishing unit which we could help the company that making the PC game mm-hmm. only to bring the game to uh, all consoles, including Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. We are covering up. We are also covering the engine license costs. Oh, man. Wow. That's a big one. Well, I have another question for you. Yeah. How do you feel about trivia games? <laughs> I'm okay with, I'm okay about trivia games. Uh, nah, but uh, I, only, I only know one example on PS4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and uh, some examples on uh, mobile. Okay. So to well, me, to me, to me, it's it, it's quite good actually because uh, <laughs> yeah, because examples on the mobile are quite good. And what? for PS4, you need to have well a big license behind it and a lot of marketing to yeah. go through. So let's. If the developer will come to us with a trivia game, uh, okay. he will. He should more understand uh, how he will promote the game uh, on the platform. So okay. How it builds, how it business works, not just exact, not just I want to make the best trivia games ever, mm-hmm. because it's more like, it's more like not about the game design. It's more more like about. Dealing, okay. delivering the product to audience. There's a very specific <clears throat> reason why I asked how you felt about trivia games because I actually have designed a trivia game that we're going to play nice. right now. <laughs> it's called The Fast Five. I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions and all I need from you are five off the top of the head rapid-fire answers. Are you okay. ready to play? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I, hope the, I hope the line will be good. Okay, question number one. What was the first game you ever got as a gift? The Civilization mm. one. <laughs> Question. And to be honest, it, to be honest, it was in Russia. So that the guy who brought me this uh, present did a shitload of work to bring in from UK. Yeah. This time yeah. in Russia, there was no concept of IP rights ever. <laughs> I see. I see. That's that's, that's, a, that's a really a good. Gift. Yeah. All right. Question number two: What's your favorite board game that you ever played? Catan. Settlers oh, of Catan. Settlers. That's a good one. It's a classic too. Question yeah, number true. three: If you had to give up one genre of movie forever, you could never watch a movie of that type ever again. Which one would it be? Well, is it? That's horror. <laughs> All right, question number four. What was the last game, video, or board that you've played recently? Uh, well, just recently, I finished the Red Dead Redemption. Uh, part two? Okay, cool. And final question. You're, you're doing actually really well on time. Name something you came across in a video game that you wish was actually real. Oh, Well, that's that's from the last Spider-Man. Well, I wish to have this <laughs> this kind of motion flying. That's that was the best Spider-Man ever, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just beat it. It's because fantastic. for twenty-five years they couldn't manage to do this easy movement. Uh, yeah. So this this was a, like the biggest feature of Spider-Man movies: how mm-hmm. he flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was a, that was the best one. Yeah. So you want the Spider-Man web throwers, the, whatever they're called? Yeah. That's yeah. In the big wish, city. Yeah, hell yeah! I would love to have some of those. That's a good. I would take that answer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's our trivia game. Uh, sorry for the joke setup because you took it so seriously. And like, yeah, we would do trivia, and I was like, oh, no, no. you're getting us to think we're gonna brand <laughs> okay. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right about playing. that, though. Yeah. Like that kind of segues into uh, another question. So you were mentioning before that teams should at least have a prototype for you guys to experience or a video like further down the stage. Is there any other conditions that you guys feel that a team needs to be before they present themselves to super.com in terms of prior investments already made or, or uh, can they just come to you straight first and say, Hey, we don't have investors yet but this is what we're talking about and go through the whole thing. Like, what's the usual process of that? Well, it also depends on the project. Um, okay. uh, usually we depend, uh, usually we, uh, we want uh, to see the vertical slice. Mm. You, you know, that's uh, that the vertical slice is a, is a version of the game where the, uh, all the features are, sets up and you have a, almost uh, the content almost close to uh, its its quality, its target quality. Yeah. Uh, but in some cases we could uh, pick the early prototype if it's, if it's playable, if it's really playable because some gray box prototype could be extremely funny 
it's, it just happens. So yeah. you see that some uh, gray boxes, team chests, phones, uh, a unique, unique gameplay that's sticky to the more to this exact gray box prototype for hours. So we could start from this one. Uh, we will definitely meet uh, the company. We'll explain how it uh, will be, how it will look uh, later if this is a great box prototype. So we'll need uh, design documentation. We'll need art references. Uh, well, that's that, that's from the start. Uh, if, the, if the company uh, approached us uh, with just the documentation. Uh, We'll put it on a hold. So we'll st- if, it's, if uh, ID is interesting, uh, we could put it on a hold and uh, continue to talk to them and wait for the gray box prototype or some kind of prototype video. But in any case, uh, the team should, solve, uh, should, should show some progress in the game. Mm-hmm. So we could not invest just, uh, just in idea, just in documentation. So at a certain stage, <laughs> we don't have to get in specific, but based on your experience, what has been the, the best and worst case scenario where a team succeeds during the, 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 the enrollment uh, prior investment stage, the pitch stage, basically? And where do teams usually fall apart? Um, for example, I would imagine a lot of indie developers might have a lot of experience uh, coming from bigger studios and coming together for the first time to make it indie thing. But the whole mechanics of running a studio and the business side, the marketing, they're pretty maybe naive, right? Um, like, w- w- is that like a factor? I'm sure. But, um, but what else do you feel like usually when you guys are meeting teams is like, Oh, you know, at least you got us interested to this stage, but this is the part where most teams kind of fall apart when yeah. we meet them face to face. It's like, all right, you guys need to work on this a little more. Yeah. What are the common problems that you see? The common problems, if they're more, because uh, there are a lot of it right now, yeah. uh, um, a lot of cases I see. The common problem, if uh, the studio founders doesn't play their own game, <laughs> okay that's well, really actually yeah right. that's that's actually crazy yeah but uh uh like we live in the modern uh, in the modern times and mm-hmm. you could find the studio founders who not about the game at all mm-hmm. uh and uh the old people behind him just making some kind of game and they believe in this game but the, the, the guy who run the studio uh, for one and a half hours of uh, talking to you could uh, use the words uh, money uh, 73 times and uh, mm. uh, the word games only three. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a real case. I count it. <laughs> wow. So it looks great, uh, yeah. but doesn't play well, basically. Uh, well, it, 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 it even doesn't look... I don't believe that this game will, ha- will happen. So it's a, it's a one point. Uh, the second point uh, that the studio could approach to you with some uh, prototype, and they do believe in the game, but uh, when you start to talk about it, uh, uh, and uh, mm, uh, when you... Uh, Tell them, uh, tell them that, uh, yeah, probably this part could work. Uh, maybe you'll think about this, uh, but this part could work, could work better in a different way. Uh, and they have a more straightforward answer. Yeah, sure, for your money, we could do everything. Yep. Well, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you want a conversation. That, that, yeah. that, that's, that, that's exactly the red flag. Protect your <laughs> product. Yeah. Have some integrity. So they, if, if this is their product and they could not defend it uh, and give up on the first um, uh, step and yeah. we'll do the, everything for money. So it's, it's not that's not a company we would invest. Mm. So is that like a series of conversation through emails or do you feel like it's a combination of actually meeting in person and like, it's a, it's a combination. Yes. It's a combination. Some, yeah. some questions you could not ask by email. Yeah. You know? Well, they have you, like you, a constructed a, yeah, essay. To yeah, yeah. Yeah. True that you, you, you should, you want to see the reaction. That, yeah. Yeah. 
you don't get to see them twitch when you ask them a hard question and you know <laughs> that they don't know the truth it's like yes <laughs> we'll do everything for money <laughs> then they can backspace 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 yeah. we will evaluate that and see what we can do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh another have more another hands uh uh for on the flip side of the coin, you could you could meet a team that uh, will uh, engage you into their game, mm-hmm. even if they didn't show you video or prototype. Oh. That happened. Wow! Is that usually through conferences, or uh, I would imagine, right? Some some kind of um, person-to-person rarely, meeting. It, it, yeah. These kind of engagements rarely could be done. Um, uh, in offline, just uh, by um, uh, pitch sent to email. But uh, actually, it happens as well. Uh, but if you have the good uh, owner on uh, the side, you know, the good um, uh, idea owner, the vision owner on, uh, on the team side, mm. it will happen uh, in a personal meeting, yes. Right, right. So, like, has... conferences. Mm. so it has more to do with like maybe of these people that are reaching out have a proven record um, that is interested, uh, interesting to you guys. You're like, Oh wow, these, this team right here, I don't know what they're coming up with. They might not even have an idea yet. They're already reaching out. We should investigate type of idea, or it's just one of those things. Just, it just happens. No, we should, like, we, the right we should investigate idea yeah. for sure. So yeah. you just, if it's just team without idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to talk about numbers in regards to a company coming to you saying, hey, we want to make this game and it's going to take, you know, 300,000, 400,000 or whatever. Uh, you don't have to say who was right or wrong, but what would you say percentage wise or how often were the numbers that were presented to you accurate <laughs> as far as how much money they needed? Uh, like 50%. 50%? <laughs> yeah. That's actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, uh, the fifty percent, uh, you know, that's um, on some level of uh, digitalization, the budgeting is enough for the uh, for the studio. So you you could see uh, through some lines in the spreadsheet and understand that okay, there they forgot something, but uh, this exactly the part that publisher would cover if they yes. will go with publishing deal. So it's a, it will give you an understanding of the Think. of the real needs in money. Uh, and if we will see that for example they had in budgeting uh, the console ports, but they don't actually understand how to make a console port. You could see it through budgeting mm-hmm. because they just put uh, in a in a everyone's for ten thousand uh, euros uh, for twenty four m- uh, months of development yeah. the um, uh, the position of porting to three consoles. Well, uh, <laughs> come on, that's 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 exactly the process, but yeah. not like this one. <laughs> Eugene, that's five interns. They're free. <laughs> we got it covered. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you ever? Okay, so since it sounds like you guys are very meticulous about going into the itemized details of the budgets, do you find fluff numbers often where you're like, you know, miscellaneous? What is this? What is uh, that? <laughs> well, not very often, actually. Okay. Uh, I, I, I saw it more often, more often when I've been on the publisher sites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there we, that, that, that we, uh, we ask every time what's <laughs> behind the miscellaneous. <laughs> uh, here, uh, for some reason, I don't know. Maybe maybe the people just uh, getting more more focused when they go to investors, mm. <laughs> so they are trying to describe where we they, where they will spend them. But yeah, it presents. We <laughs> have. <laughs> oh man, because that's what I would be looking for. I, I trust people, but at the same time, I know people. You know, so I'm like, let me see what they're really at. There's got to be. You know, something in here where they're like, hey, if this goes south, we need to have some sort of cushion or protection. 
Yeah. I would just expect that they'd be trying to inflate by like 1.2, 1.1, something just to have something extra. Right. Um, well, you kind of mentioned before, of course, the first pitch uh, or like the first uh, official um, evaluation and, and submission would be like a, a first game thing. At what point exactly where let's say, OK, you guys are interested. We're drawing a contract. When is it usually where that same studio that you guys uh, have trusted uh, start talking to you about the second project before the, yeah. the first game is out? When is that time frame usually? Teams that you ever invested already, yeah. Uh, several months before the commercialization of the first project started. Okay. So three to six months usually is when you, all right, what are you guys working on That's next? The, yeah. The, yeah. Six months is good. I think we'll understand that uh, the project is already thinking about it uh, uh, on the beginning. Mm-hmm. In most cases, it's uh, worked like that. Uh, and yeah, we'll look uh, we'll look through that uh, through the whole development process, and we'll expect that team will set up the new project okay. uh, six months before uh, the commercial release of the first one. So then my next question then is, it sounds like when someone comes to you for investment in a project and starting their company or pushing their company further, and you guys agree to do an investment and you're working on one project, before that project is commercialized, as you said, you do want to see them working on or preparing for the next one, right? So do you set up deals normally where they get all of the funding that they need for both projects or is it you no, fund one and no, then you no, no, apply? No. Okay. It works like this. Uh, when you go to investor, uh, the investor is uh, buying an, a share of your company, the equity share. So the investor becomes a partner on the company, et cetera, et cetera. It's like uh, you, your friends, mm-hmm. just made a company. And you have like ninety uh, percent, and uh, you uh, and your friend uh, had ten, mm-hmm. and uh, both of you got from some source investments for the first period of uh, your existence mm-hmm. for your company, mm-hmm. and uh, on the some in some point you will need additional investments, mm-hmm. and uh, here was the choice: you could go. Also to your friend that said, well, okay, we need additional money. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in other case, we could uh, put uh, enough money from our pocket. So I will put like 90%, you will put 10 but I don't have 90%. Okay. Uh, so maybe you could invest in another uh, project. And at this point, uh, your friend will... Uh, decides on his own he will do this or he will sell the shares uh, of the of the company mm-hmm. helping you to bring money in, uh, in, in, in exchange of this mm-hmm. so the investor like um, works uh, uh, <clears throat> in this um, uh, paradigm uh, usually uh, he owns a portion of the company and he every time he uh, tries to understand how much it portion costs right now mm-hmm. uh, should I play uh, in long term uh, game again or could I uh, exit right now and fix uh, profits uh, and distribute profits to the uh, investors um, okay. uh, behind the funds uh, the second project needs to be set up for investments, uh, insurance uh, that your company is not the company of one project of like uh, in Russia we we have uh, uh, the phraseology uh, for the uh, uh, one day company. Yeah. It's kind one of one and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's kind of shell company for just for one day existence mm-hmm. to to grab money and disappear. So yeah. that, that that so Man. investor investor should be sure that uh, you have a more something a number long two term, a long long term yeah. strategy like exit strategies, plan Bs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So it's not uncommon then for them to say like, hey, we need the $400,000 investment to make this game and start the company. 
before that game is even bringing revenue back in, they're already back at your door asking for additional money or trying to see what they can do to start funding the second game. Yeah, but okay. they could approach us uh, when they will game. Uh, so we see their first production line. Yeah. Yeah. We see how it happens, and they could approach us and say, okay, we need additional funding for the mm. uh, for, for new game. Uh, mm. Will you join? Mm-hmm. So we could uh, sell another portion of shares. Uh, mm-hmm. We could attract a new investor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could yeah. happen. Oh, man. So uh, that's the way it sounds. Well, I mean, it makes sense because obviously by that time, you, it's safer to reinvest into a company that you guys already talked to, worked with. You know how they work, you know what quality they actually yeah. produce. And exactly. then it's easier to go back and, and talk to them again for a second product because by now they're more experienced than, than a new company yeah. that's starting again. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. So my question is also related to, I mean, when we talk about engines out there, there's two megaliths, right? There's the unreal and unity camp. Do you guys have a preference in terms of someone prototyping something is like, Hey, this is what we're doing. We're actually doing this in unreal or unity, or is that completely just, up to like maybe whatever way that you guys swing, as long as the product's good, we don't really. Care. We don't have any preferences. Okay. We have um, agreement with Epic uh, that we will invest at least ten uh, meals in a Unreal uh, powered projects uh, during the next year, mm. uh, and this will happen just by natural reasons because a lot of unreal power projects uh, we seen right now so it, this commits could be easily easily fulfilled from the concept right. but we don't stick to any agents okay so 2019 right um obviously conventions are are, are nice uh places to kind of meet these teams to actually get a lot of these people in front of you guys and, and talk um, GDCs around the corner. Like, is there a 2019 super.com goal? Is there a monthly quota that you guys are trying to get investment behind companies? Uh, or is it completely organic? It's like, well, whoever emails us, let's just talk. Um, or is there a certain mindset when, when you guys are looking at next year? Well, I have uh, 103 uh, events in the schedule for the next year. Next year, uh, <laughs> uh, on some of them uh, there will be only scouts from Super.com. So mm. the business development guys uh, will be there talking to developers uh, and meeting and much on uh, meeting much uh, my system. Uh, we will definitely will be on GDC as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure we will be on GDC with a booth, but it's it's possible. Mm-hmm. We will be the, our publishing unit will be on uh, in, uh, other conferences. Uh, not I, I also don't not, don't don't don't. I'm not sure they will be on GDC. Mm-hmm. But let me see. They will be on PAX. Okay. For sure, uh, they will be uh, on E3. They will be on Gamescom. Okay, all the major ones. Yeah, the major ones. Probably China Joys. Uh, yeah. So, what's the usual time frame? Where, let's say, um, a team, uh, GDC or Gamescom, how far ahead would a, a team interested would have to contact you guys? You're like, hey, let's set up a meeting at the conference like uh usually because i'm sure you guys get booked really quickly um what, what is the, the first the first response you will get uh within a week if something happens with okay. like a high loads uh mm-hmm. of requests uh the week and a half maximum Okay. So right now we answer within three or four days, oh, and, uh, and uh, the evaluation process could take uh, more. The evaluation process could take months okay. plus, uh, depending on uh, which materials uh, you had uh, on the time of application and which materials you will need to uh, upload after application when the analytics the analytics team uh, starts talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's actually the bottleneck for all investment committees uh, because evaluation should uh, evaluate your game quite deeply. Plus, uh, they should to make the for uh, the sales forecasts uh, and understand. Uh, on which platforms uh, it could be released and on which time frames because usually the developers doesn't know at the beginning of the development they don't know uh, on which exact date it could be released mm -hmm. like uh, it's like quarter quarter three of 19 uh, of uh, 2020 mm -hmm. like Quarter three of 2020, we need to uh, understand that uh, on, on, the, on the very start, we need to understand the potential schedule of uh, major releases and mm -hmm. So that's uh, the huge thing analytics team uh, do at evaluation from the, on the start. So it could take months. Mm. And if that's a mutual kind of understanding from projection from your guys side and, and projection from the development side of like well we're thinking two years and in two years the, these games are, are coming out or is that completely super.com kind of spreading the knowledge it's like you well, you guys just think about you know when you guys are actually releasing is marketable at that time yeah, we, we we will talk to developers like many times uh, yeah. during the revelation process and this will be exact question okay. that we'll be asking so we'll investigate, for example, uh, if the developer says that um, uh, they will deploy a game on their, uh, different platforms, yeah. we'll need to understand how well he's prepared to that, how he has experience yeah. of working with dev kits. Yeah. Oh, uh, whatever you want, Eugene. <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those questions, yeah, because it is important for you guys to kind of see how developers, because there's a lot of trust, even with any type of documentation, all that. You're, you're building that trust between the two, but sometimes it's like the face to face that really tells what's going on their thinking process and their decision making and the confidence because that is something on paper that you don't often get to get to get through basically right yeah there are some process uh from analytics team uh but it's different from the type of um, for different time of uh, type of projects right right so, for, for example, for the premium game projects, uh, Foxtown PC will have one list, of question, one questionnaire, uh, and one process for the uh, online games will have the completely different questions uh, right. in questionnaire mm -hmm. and different uh, evaluation process. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> of your games that you guys have invested in that have been completed and brought to market that are publicly known, obviously, at this point, which one would you say since you've been there has been the most surprising experience, whether something you've learned about the process or just being surprised that it did very well, or maybe surprised that it didn't do as well as you expected. Like, I guess which one stands out as the, this was probably like a pinnacle, most surprising game development partnership that we had about something that is public. So we don't get you in trouble. Uh, to be honest, um, uh, that's quite early to, to, to say okay. Uh, okay. because uh, Founts uh, was announced just a month ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we operating for six months, of course, okay. but these six months was uh, kind of looking for the projects and evaluating them. So we will. Oh, so we already, we already yeah. signed some uh, some companies. Mm. Uh, they're like three, I mm. think, uh, right now. I just don't, don't understand on which page. Well, the sign, been... sign, signing projects, uh, signing process, I mean, the documentation. Sure. Uh, yeah, but we have uh, agreed and signed three projects. Uh, you don't have to forgive uh, me then. I should have. I should have known. <laughs> it was way too early. Then, so. <laughs> yeah, and we will announce them. Uh, I think during January. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. they're, 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 they're quite 
quite good, normal. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't see something exceptional in them mm. right now. Mm. Uh, besides, they are all exception. Mm. They are all different. Mm. The teams are different. They think differently. Mm. They're very interested and talented guys mm. in every case. Yeah. The easiest way to make them work harder is like, you know, I, I see, you know, no, they're all good. It's not, it's not about that. Uh, <laughs> well, in investment perspective, they yeah. uh, they need to grow their business. Yeah. So my, we are the first line who will uh, help them not to fall mm-hmm. because we invested in a company. Right. Not, you, not in the project. You want to succeed, right? You obviously. Yeah. You're a part of the team now. Um, so what's the general breadth of these three team sizes? Is it pretty varied um, from one guy to like 50 or 100? Or, and this is my last question. Um, just to give an idea to the listeners out there what uh, team sizes that you guys are usually looking at. The smallest team we work with right now is seven people. I, I, it's not the... It's not some something sets strictly it just uh on of sign the sign companies has team of seven people okay uh i i could imagine the game the good game made by one mm-hmm. uh i don't understand why this one should need an investment yeah so it's more like the full and die projects uh-huh. Even seven people uh, could make uh, projects on their spare time, mm-hmm. so it's they rarely need investments. Just, just, just a different type of project. Right, so right. true, true indie companies wouldn't go to investments uh, help uh, unless they will need uh, to expand their growth or to hire new people, etc., uh, mm-hmm. etc., et to get to, to be a formal company. Right. This kind of leads in. Sorry. I I, I said the last question was my last question, but this is one more last question. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because you kind of mentioned um, something very interesting. So, has there ever been a case where the investment towards a company where maybe half or part of the team is full time and the other half to save on costs, to save on insurance is part timer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, that, that is something that you guys actually are interested in yeah mm, we we just need that the founders and the core team will be 100 mm. percent involved right, right, right because if they are if all of them are part-timers uh, so <laughs> that's no point to go to investments yeah <laughs> right yeah, we work on it when we feel like, you know, but we do need the money now. Though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of talk we, <laughs> we do quite often. It's very surprising. Um, yeah. Do you have one word of advice for indie devs out there looking to make the jump, ready to prepare themselves for investment, you know, regardless of them coming to you or going to just anyone never have done the like, Hey, we want to pitch this game. We want to bring this to a company or we want to like getting ready to do that talk setting up the meetings or trying to reach out do you have like maybe one or two like critical pieces of advice like hey make sure your llc is set up or you know make sure that like your eyes are crossed t's are dotted or whatever eyes are dotted t's are crossed you know what i mean make sure you reach out to us the right way don't try to just hit us up be like yo play my game i guess what are your like top two critical pieces of advice for someone who's about to start pitching their game or their game company to be invested in yeah, my try to be formal. Mm-hmm. Try to prepare my, all uh, documentation. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's aside from the first one. I, I mean, uh, try to make a good game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's but, a good product. Yeah, player. <laughs> focus, yeah focus, focus on your game. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, yeah, you need to uh, to to learn that um, uh, in investments uh, oh. there there will be some processes. And you should uh, uh, prepare some extra documents uh, that you never touched in your mm-hmm. in-day development. For example, a long-term budget. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah. L structure, yes. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, it's rarely happened. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last question for you is actually kind of a fun one, but you know, people don't really think about it this way. 
when your company or you in general say no, does that mean no forever? Does that mean no, not right now? Does that mean how exactly does no work for you? Like, can I reapply in a month or can I reapply after I fix some stuff? You know, I guess, how would you say you guys handle a rejection as far as? Uh, well, it, it it means no for my, this particular stance on pro, of the project and the team. Okay. Uh, I could imagine that some, for some cases it could be no forever for the team but not for the project uh we'll make it clear <laughs> well uh, come on uh, uh, just some people could behave in different ways yeah so if they if if you more approach some guys uh, who do not behave more in the proper way so they you you could uh, understand that from the very start that uh, you could not collaborate further and yeah. there will be problems so like in communication if, if i was pitching yeah. and i threw my feet on your desk that might be no that's cool well uh i'm looking at my clock right now and it says we've been podcasting for over an hour eugene so at this point in time Brandon and I usually go refill our coffee mugs or talk crap about previous guests. No, we don't do that. And we let you take control over the soundboard and talk directly to our audience to shout out, promote, or raise awareness about something you're involved in, something you're excited about. It could be a third grade teacher who, you know, let you get a hundred percent on a test, or it could be just somebody who influenced you along the way, or even an advertisement for a product that you have coming out. Uh, I'm not going to sell it any more than that. So without further ado, the floor is yours. I, I'm not. I'm not a great talker <laughs> of these kind of uh, speeches, uh, but uh, well, we look. We game developer by uh, ourselves, mm-hmm. so we just trying to uh, uh, to make the process easier because we we had suffered a long um, for a long time uh, doing the same job you're doing right now with investors. Okay. Uh, so if you need help uh in investments uh, field if you need help in help in finding uh just uh and uh look how it's how it looks like to work with the finding so you could teach yourself in the process and maybe in the next stage you will approach another funds or uh and you will be more prepared. Right. Uh, aside from that, we we are hiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So if you think that you could be a good scout uh, for the new indie projects uh, uh, that could be invested, uh, like contact me, and so we could talk. Okay. Uh, relocate to Russia or like where we? No, where you guys? Oh, nice. Well, Right. Okay, I'll just say here, here is the internet. You don't yeah, need okay. to locate anywhere. Wonderful news. Yeah. Because that's I know the whole podcast audience is like, wait, what do I oh okay, cool, yeah, awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well um, all of that sounds good and tight. I'm Larry Charles and I'm saying good night. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next week. See you. Bye. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.